The Digital Gumbo Podcast contains language that some may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Well, now we're done with that shit. Let's start the show. For the victory lap, though. Whoa, whoa. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer, come. What for? Train in the trees, please. What my sycamore? It is that time of the week again. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the Digital Gumbo Podcast, America's favorite podcast. If this is your first time, you are in for a treat. If you've listened before, you already know what it is. Again, thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Nookie Bishop Jr., joined as always by my tri-captains, my co-host, T. Petty, and Adris Elbow. T. Petty, checking in with you. How you doing this week? What up, what up? I'm sleepy, but I'm I'm all right. How you doing this week? I'm doing good. Uh, I was talking with Drees about this earlier, and he'll kick in in a minute. We having like a low barometric pressure thing going on with the weather, and um, I think it's leading to some low energy cycles. Everybody I talked to today was very meh, so you are not alone. And uh, I don't know what's going on, but we'll see. Weather's supposed to get a little bit better, but we are in a barometric law. I'm not a meteorologist, but that is what I am describing as to what is going on today. <laughs> well, you know, today was kind of gray and, you know, whenever it's like that, it's just better to go take naps than to be up working. Exactly. Exactly. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get some energy into this, hopefully, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens by the, by the end of the show. You know, we start with A and end up with double Z, so uh, we'll see what we figure out today. Every time. Every time. Adrice, I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. I said I'm ready. You ready? Okay, I, I like that. See, that's good energy right there, right there. Wow. Boom, pow. Got it, got it. Adrice Elbow, my main man. I, I, we, we did something this week, you and me, that we haven't done since 2020. We went to a professional basketball game, and we ate free food, and we, it was kind of like free liquor, but... We had uh, a buffet and watched the basketball game, bro. Uh, assess this and fill in the blanks. What's up, Nook? What's up, T-Patty? This your boy, Idris Elbow, with a little bit of ash on the elbow. And Nook, yes, it was nice to get back out again. That was our first, like, event where it was, like, a lot of people, like, you know, out there. But, but we braved the crowd, and, you know, we went into the space, and it was lovely. The game was great. You know, we um, we wanted to check out the Wizards and um, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry, of course, was out, so we didn't get to see him. Um, you know, but we did our thing, so it was good. You know, we did leave, though, about around halftime because we got kind of tired of the crowd. <laughs> exactly. And we left a little early. And, you know, we, we found a little spot to post up in. It wasn't a lot of people and, like, wind down a little bit. And then come on back home. So it was good. It was good to be out. Exactly. That's our first basketball game, T. Petty, since Martin Luther King Day, January 2020. So uh, it's been uh, more than 24 months. But again, um, we was there and, and, and had a good time. And we thought fondly of you. And we got to get together. So next season, when, uh, you know, some tickets come up or whatever, we all going to go to the game and uh, kick it and see what's up. So I'm with you on that. I know I'll wear my mask or we'll do our, you know, exclusive in the suite thing. But y'all went to a buffet. That's the most disturbing part about the whole story. 
Well, they okay, were still, okay, now this there wasn't no what people was giving their own self like the food. No, uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. This no. is this is like the, you had you had serving, serving and it was glass wrapped yeah, all yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lots of glass, okay. lots of glass. Y'all know how I feel about buffets. It was, it was, it, it was a carving station. Yeah, you know, they yeah. had this carving. You know, yeah, oh, well, y'all be saying yeah. like, yeah. like y'all was at the fucking Golden Corral or something. Oh no, no, no. 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 <laughs> and we we want right. to we want to give a shout out to Mrs. Nook. She hooked us up with the VIP uh, experience there with a lot of glass and the carving stations and stuff. And uh, we had good seats and and had a good time. So Draymond was there. He uh, did his thing. Clay, <clears throat> excuse me. You thought he was going to go off for sixty, but. Uh, the Wizards did win, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens on the western side of the uh, playoffs. Concerned Wizards are out, obviously, but uh, there's always next season, isn't there? There always is next season. All right. So listen, T. Petty and Drees, I'm just gonna take it like this. All right. I came in from the basketball game with Drees, waiting for his uh, text to make sure you know, hey, bro, I'm in the house. Cool, all good. Me and him watched a fishing show, my fishing show, Wicked Tuna, before uh, he left. So I'm getting ready to go to bed, you know, prepping to get ready to go to bed. All of a sudden, my phone blew up. I mean, like, bloop, bloop, like a slot machine. Lights going off, buzzers, the vibrations, everything. The messages essentially went like this. Did you see Will Smith just punch Chris Rock? Uh -huh. I was like, what are they talking about? So yeah. I'm looking and I'm looking. I mean, it's like 10, 11, 12, 15 texts that I'm getting. So immediately I turned on TV, didn't see anything. Of course, I went to the breaking news source Twitter and saw what had happened. And all hell broke loose. Uh, this has been quite uh, a story, quite the thing. T. Patty, do you want to take lead off on this and, uh, and you know, just sort of Take your sights and sounds and, and tell us what you've seen, heard, and observed about the, the slap heard around the world, so to speak. I mean, I guess I told y'all when we first started talking about this, I don't care. Like, I literally do not care. People, whatever. People get slapped every fucking day. He just happened to, they just happened to be rich and in the public eye and he got smacked in public. I mean, okay. And after that video resurfaced of Chris Rock sitting around skinning and grinning while Louis C.K. and Ricky Gervais used the word nigger, somebody should have punched him in his mouth a long fucking time ago. He just got an open hand slap. He didn't get punched in the mouth like he should have been. So I don't care. But I do care about the ensuing discussion around it and all the the layers to that. Now that's mildly interesting, but him getting slapped, like I, I honestly don't care. People get slapped. See, Patty, what, what do you mean by the discussion around it? What do you mean? <laughs> well, okay. So Will Smith is one of the most innocuous black men of our time. White people love Will Smith. They've been loving him for 30 plus years. It took him slapping a black man in the face who, to be clear, they don't give a fuck about Chris Rock at all. He just makes them feel comfortable using the word nigga, to be clear. So he slapped him in the face and all of a sudden Will Smith is, oh my God, he's a violent brute. He's not safe to be around the children. What about the community? White 
women find a way to center themselves in every single fucking conversation. And you know what? This ain't none of their business. This is between two rich black men and subsequently the black community can have a discussion about it. And they just need to sit on the sidelines for once and shut the fuck up because this is not about them. But they make it about them like they always do. And it's a whole lot of like racism that of course rears its ugly head when uh when this ha- when this happened. And so that always interests me because I just like to see the hypocrisy and the foolishness so I can call it out. But the actual issue that touched off all of this discussion, I don't care. Slap Chris Rock again because he be on some bullshit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show. Everything ain't a joke to everybody. Everybody has their breaking point. That man had had it at that particular time and he slapped him in the mouth. Oh, mm. well. Gotcha. Dries, I know that you've seen the video over and over. So uh, for those that have been sleeping under a rock, Chris Rock was there to present the uh, Oscar for best uh, documentary, which was won by Quest Love for his documentary, Summer of Soul. Congratulations to him. And he told a joke, uh, he mentioned uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's name, said G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. Uh, Will laughed. Uh, Jada gave him a look like that wasn't funny. Will appeared incensed, came up on stage, appeared to punch, but actually slapped Chris Rock. And then uh, he, you know, came with the expletives, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth twice. And uh, it was a stunned silence there at the Oscars, man. What did you see? And uh, just give me your take on it, bro. You know, I, I'm going to roll with T-Petty on this one. Like, um, you know, we we went to the game and I came back and I crashed. I went to bed. <laughs> so I ain't hear about nothing. And when I go to bed, like my phone is off. It's in sleep mode. So I ain't getting no messages. And um, so I got up that morning and I was, you know, getting ready to leave the house. And my wife was saying, like, just so you know, Something happened at the Oscars, Will Smith and whatever is, is everywhere. I was like, all right. And so I went about my day. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i using that on social media during the day and whatnot. So I was like, I really didn't hear the story until like later that afternoon. And then by the time I got to the afternoon, I was like, do I really want to like engage in like this story? And the question was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and um. And, you know, just through the course of it being everywhere, like, you know, I I have not watched the full video of it, right? Like, I think I've seen a couple of still clips when Will Smith is standing in front of, like, Chris Rock, but I haven't watched the video, and I don't care to watch it. Uh, So I haven't looked forward to try to look it up other than, like, maybe some GIFs or something folks have put up. But I was thinking about this, and I was saying, like, um, you know, it, it is almost like representative of like where the whole world is feeling right now. It's like everybody just fed up, right? Everybody just like tired. And um, and everybody kind of feel like, you know, I'll slap them, I'll slap them. You know, that's just how we are right now. And so I think it is just representative of just the time and the stress and the frustration people are experiencing. So I will say that. Okay, so here's my thing. Was it a joke, though? Like, was it really a joke? So for those, I like, I don't, I admit, I don't really keep up with the Smiths 
they do the maximum for me and that's not really my jam. Although, you know, once in a while they do or say something, I'm like, yeah, I can get with that. Mm. But she has been public about her, um, her struggle with alopecia. And as we all know, hair is a very sensitive and fraught topic in the black community, specifically around black women. And it's a whole lot of like misogynoir mixed up talking about black women and hair. So there's that. And people are real fucking casual about disrespecting black women publicly and privately. So, you know, you talk about somebody's wife, you get what you get. I'm just saying. And Chris Rock made a documentary about black hair. So he knows. And he did that shit anyway. Now, was it an alopecia joke, though? So to me, it was a joke about the G.I. Jane movie, right? Demi Moore was in the original. I don't even know if a G.I. Jane 2 is coming out. But G.I. Jane was bald. Right, exactly. But Chris Rock... Because of alopecia. Right, but let me just play devil's advocate. He didn't call her out of her name. He didn't call her a bald-headed bee, obviously. He didn't say anything like Caillou or anything like that. He just said simply, G.I. Jane 2. He didn't call her out her name. He didn't clown her. He didn't, I don't even think he clowned her. See, there's a real fine line around the discussion that's going around this. It's like, you know, what exactly did he say? And I'm totally, I totally understand as far as the alopecia is concerned. I will tell you my alopecia story um, in a little bit, but he it was. I, I, you can see both sides though. I don't know. Well, here's that, the thing. Well, you said that there's a very thin line. Guess what? Chris Rock just discovered what that fucking line was. Mm. Didn't he? So there you go. Watch your mouth when you're talking about people and their families, their wives, their kids. Watch your fucking mouth because everybody is not going to take your shit as a joke. But you know, part of what I wonder too about like, Will Smith doing that. I, I saw him doing an interview for like King Richard. And um, he talked about there was this one moment in the movie, right? That happened in real life was um, Venus. Uh, like, yeah, I think Serena was doing an interview and the reporter was pushing her on like her confidence level. Like, are you confident? Like, you know, whatever. I and then, uh, yeah. And then Richard stepped in and was like, She's a black woman, you know, she's a young black girl and you messing with her confidence, let it be kind of thing. And Will Smith was talking about that particular instance. And he was saying there was something about Serena, the way she looked at her dad and she knew she had a lion waiting to be like released and defend her, you know, um, on that. And I thought about that. I was like, I wonder if like, you know, cause you know, Will, he got the um, award for like playing that role and I wonder if playing that role, it just made him more sensitive to like protecting your family. And he talked a lot about in interviews about how Richard was like a protector of his family. And I just wonder like that blend between acting and reality and inhibiting, you know, a characteristic of a person, if that came through in that moment too. Maybe. And, you know, people are not too used to black women being defended by the men in our lives. So yeah, that, that also do with it as well. 
Yeah, yeah. That also goes into uh, Will Smith's autobiography where, um, you know, his mother suffered uh, domestic abuse at the hands of his father. And, um, you know, he blames himself or said that uh, he called himself a coward for not defending his mother against his father. Uh, later in, in later years, his father uh, was uh, disabled and in a wheelchair. And he said in the book that uh, he had a chance to sort of push him down the stairs and, you know, maybe end it all and, and get a revenge moment as far as uh, his father's concerned for that domestic violence against his Wait, mother. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a serious ass story. Did he push him out of this? He said he was going to, you know, he's in a wheelchair and he said he had an opportunity to go ahead and push him, you know, down the stairs in the wheelchair. And but did you know, he? Sort of, no, he did not do that. No, no. Or so. he say in the book that he did it. Exactly. Yeah. But but that, that is another layer, though, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. like he comes from a family of like domestic violence. Right. And, you know, saying like sometimes it's hard to escape like those old patterns, even though you think they're not there. Right. For you, you know. I'm telling you, it takes something to walk up and slap a person, hmm. right? Like you have to cross the line, like somewhere. It's like I I, I remember like um, when I was in elementary school, right? Like it was I was in the lunchroom and this dude had been like saying stuff, like joking and whatnot, and I was like upset about it. And it's like you know, it's like I should, like I'm tired of this. And I remember I got up from my seat in the cafeteria, and I walked and I walked up to uh, like, I grabbed my milk and I just poured my milk all over him in front of the cafeteria. Oh, not the milk. <laughs> yeah, the milk. And you, and you know what happened, G. Patty? You know what happened? He left you alone. Nothing, that's right. Nothing happened. Oh. Nothing happened. And that, that like, and that, it scared me because I was like, oh my God, I can do whatever I want and can't nobody stop me. And the only person that can <laughs> that stop me- out of that? It was a life lesson that it's like the only thing that control you is is you right like other people can't do that and as it scared me for a second because like you know you had a power it's like i can do anything i want to in the world and ain't nobody can stop me i was like oh my god if that's true then like that mean nobody can stop anybody else in the world from hurting me and the only thing that stops us is ourselves, right? Like we limit ourselves. And then if you break that barrier, you know, it, 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 it's something that crosses in you. And, and that can be a dangerous space. And like, especially if you come from a family of abuse, like he mentioned, you know, you cross that barrier into to hurting somebody else. You know, even if you're hurt, but you know, it's just, it's just deep on a lot of different levels. Yeah, yeah. So this is the last two things I'm gonna say. I the discussions that we're having in the black community, I like cool. We can talk about it because to me, this is black people's business, and white people need to be aware outside of our business. But when I think about and look at like all the chatter around it, all the white people and their think pieces and them wringing their goddamn hands about how violence is not the answer. But they don't keep that same energy when violence is enacted against us. They're cool. The same people are like, violence is never the answer. What do they have to say about the countless acts of violence that are enacted against Black people all day, every day? Not to mention the violence that they themselves take part in through gentrification, 
redlining, microaggressions at work, all the bullshit that we talk about day in and day out, those also are forms of violence. And them motherfuckers was built on violence. Hello, colonization. Hello, police brutality. Hello, justice system. So I don't want to hear their shit about violence not being the answer. Maybe yeah, like you, you can't you can't stand in judgment of that when like you perpetrate that on a daily basis. On a daily basis. <laughs> and it's much more harmful than one rich black man slapping another one in the face. Mm. So everybody just calm the fuck down. It's not World War Three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're uh, like, oh my god, this is the worst thing I've ever seen on live TV. Didn't them bitches just sit up there and watch the y'all cater hold down last year? Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't talk to me about people got their, killed. Their overblown sense of outrage and being fake. Like I honestly don't care. They can go to hell with that. Exactly. All right. I got uh, some things I have wrote down, you know, as far as the conversations going on about this, a concern mostly within our community, but uh, outside of community as well. Y'all can just react on these on a, on a freestyle basis. Um, T. Petty, you touched on this. Will and Jada talked about their sexual lives and so much more uh, doing the most with those red table talks. Um, that's neither here nor there, but sort of opened them up to a, a new range of uh, public I guess, uh, awareness uh, that they hadn't had uh, before the incident. Uh, A lot of people saying that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, but he didn't look or seek out or slap August Alcina, who was sleeping with his wife. Okay, those, why are we making comparisons of apples and kumquats? Uh, You know, (laughs) hey. What's a kumquat? They don't make no fun. That sounds nasty. So in one situation, you have two consenting adults allegedly agreeing to have sex, only one of whom who has made a commitment to him. And we don't know the inner workings of their marriage. Some people say they have an open marriage. Some say they don't. I don't know. That's also outside of what my black ass business. So on the one hand, you have two consenting adults fucking each other. And on the other you have a man outside of their family unit making a joke, air quotes, disrespecting her on an international stage. How are those two things comparable? And also, Will doesn't own her. She can fuck whoever she wants to, marriage or not. Interesting. Just uh, given the reactions that's going on out there, uh, I'll give you a trio of uh, celebrity wait, reactions. Wait, wait, wait! I got, I got, I got, I got to add to this one. Yes, I, I, I did think about this though, from like Will's standpoint and and the red table talks, right? Like they had that conversation right in front of a national audience about how they felt about the relationship that you know Jada had and and everything that happened. And then all these memes went around, right, of like Will's face, right? And, and, and you could tell the pain and the anger and the hurt and, and all that stuff like flooded the internet, right? And there was something about like, like you have like your, your most sacred moments in front of an entire audience. And, and, you know, he agreed to do it, right? But it's in front of an audience and people ate it up. Right. It's like, oh, the hurt, the pain, the thing. 
But like when he get angry and lash out, he's like, oh, I don't want to see that. Don't put that in front of the national audience. That's that's all that's out of bounds, Will. Mm. Like bring all your hurt and your pain and the destruction and 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 that, and I'll eat it up. I'll send it around. But like just don't the anger and striking out, I don't want to see that. So I, I thought about that too. Mm. Very interesting. That is interesting. Uh, let me give you some celebrity reactions on these. I'll give you like a three or four pack of these and y'all can react to these uh, how you want. Um, Tiffany Haddish uh, was proud and happy and uh, said that she can, you know, she, um, you know, um, was glad that Will uh, stood up uh, for Jada. That was one uh, reaction. Tony Rock, Chris Rock's brother, uh, said that it was a bullshit apology. Um, first, uh, Will, when he got his award for uh, Best Actor for King Richard, Apologized to the Academy, but didn't mention Chris Rock by name. And certainly that just had happened. So, um, you know, that apology wasn't, cert you know, certainly forthcoming at that time. Um, Will did apologize to Chris Rock on Instagram. Um, but uh, Tony Rock, Chris Rock's brother, uh, really wasn't too happy about that. Um, Howard Stern, outside of the community, said that Will Smith essentially was a punk, that um, he wouldn't have slapped Jason Momoa or The Rock like that. Um, it was little Chris Rock, who I did not know Chris Rock was 57. So, you know, the combined ages of Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock is 110. I did not know that they were that uh, that old or in that demographic wow. has neither has nothing to do with what happened. But it's like that boy, that man is 57 years old. He slapped almost damn near slapped a, a senior citizen. And um, I have one other reaction um but uh you know just take those celebrity reactions uh to the incident uh, one of many uh that were circulating on the internet this week and uh, and talk about those well howard stern's racist ass can shut the fuck up an example of a white being in black people's business no one cares howard take you and whatever the fuck is going on on your head and mind your white ass business number one number two chris rock's brother i mean be mad and maybe when Will issued that initial apology, maybe he wasn't sorry for slapping the shit out of him. I don't believe in apologizing for shit you ain't sorry for. And I don't care who's waiting for it. If I'm not sorry, I'm not apologizing. So maybe he wasn't. Uh, who was the other one? Oh, Tiffany Haddish. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not proud that it happened and I'm not ashamed that it happened. It happened and it's nothing to celebrate and there's nothing for us to be jumping off of balconies about either. It happened. Was it the best example? No, but we are talking about the Oscars and who oh, I believe they still have Roman Polanski amongst their, uh, <laughs> amongst their honorees. So don't talk to me about the integrity of the Academy when they are embracing pedophiles and shit like that. I don't care. Hmm. Dries, I'll give you those three and also we'll give you Wanda Sykes reaction. Wanda Sykes, uh, obviously very close to Chris Rock. They worked on numerous projects together, including, I believe, Pootie Tang and so many other uh, Chris Rock show that was on uh, HBO. She said it was uh, very uh, weird for uh, Will Smith to be at the uh, after parties, um, you know, for the Oscars. Uh, just so in a short uh, amount of time after the slap had happened. So just uh, give me your reactions on any of those uh, celebrity reactions uh, to the incident. Yeah, that's like, people love to say that. Oh, I mean, he wouldn't do that if it was Bigfoot. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, like, like that, that has nothing to do with it. So, and Howard Stern, please. And, um, you know, it, 
it's something about like the Academy. They probably like um, they they probably needed that entertainment because somebody ain't watching no Oscars no more. That's the most boring show ever. Like they they looking for ratings. It's like they always be running over time and they cutting stuff out. That that they probably gonna have the best ratings of of the last decade because of that. People are gonna go back and watch it just to see it. So they they, they don't have nothing to complain about. And um, yeah, Wanda Sykes, yeah, she's cool with Chris Rock, and it, it would be weird. It's like. You know, he just slapped my friend and he just around here chilling. That, that would be weird. That sounds like a, a true statement. It's like she wasn't trying to judge. He's like, this is weird as hell. People getting slapped and going to parties. Like, what? Like, I'm going home. So, okay. Yeah. But I mean, how's that any different than what happened in the hood? People getting the fight. Yeah, no, no. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, it's like it happened every day. But like I said, when it encroaches on, like, the other thing about Hollywood, it's like, a make-believe world. Like, think about this. They portray violent scenes on almost every every screen, right? It's like they play violent scenes. They 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 take it. They turn it upside down. They look at it sideways. They it's like they they look at that and they put it in front of folks all the time. And then they try to act like, oh no, this this never encroaches on Hollywood. Like no, that's 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 what we put on the screen. But God forbid it it enters into our space. So that that's just stupid to think that it would not enter into your space. You know it's out there, and you use it as art, and you try to make statements related to it through your art. But when it shows up in real life, you act like it's a stranger. Like I I don't understand that. Mm. I got one more celebrity reaction and I told him, he was like, please, sir, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, uh, who oh. had been a host of Saturday Hey, wait, you talking about the one that shot somebody? He just murdered exactly, somebody? Exactly, exactly. I was like- Wait, wait, hold on. He shot somebody on, what did he say? He was no, like- what he, did he say? He pretty much said that he was on Chris Rock's side, said it was uncalled for. I was like, sir, you are accused of murder, murder. <laughs> you shot somebody. On the set. Alec Baldwin coming out to Chris Rock's defense is the equivalent of OJ trying to get his motherfucking Heisman Trophy back after he got acquitted of murder. Shut the no. fuck up. Nobody's listening to you. Wow. Shut up. Wait, I was, I was on OJ's side about that one. Like, they stole his shit and he went to go get it back. Listen, OJ, <laughs> you you got off with murder. Just let him keep that trophy. You might be able to get it back and definitely you trying to go in there and vote. You already knew it was a setup, OJ now. Shit. It was waiting on you. It was like they was waiting to throw you in jail too. But exactly. man, that that Alec Baldwin thing, that 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 just shows you right there how Hollywood is off. That he he can shoot somebody on a set. Murder. Murder. Accused murder somebody murder. on a set. But, murder, yeah. mur and distance himself enough from that mm -hmm. and it's like I'm appalled at all the, the violence that they brought to the Oscars mm, mm, mm. Right, that, that is crazy and people would mm -hmm. let that ride mm. now I this is the hypocrisy of Hollywood like y'all yeah. have sexual predators running around Hollywood mm. all day every day and you know what's happening like Harvey Weinstein anybody been mm -hmm. raping people for years, Bill Cosby, decades, and they don't have shit to say. Mm. And now, Wait, let me ask. Let me ask you this: their pearls over this. Please. Let me ask you this: What do y'all think about Chris Rock's response to all of this? 
he didn't press charges, right? And um, he's been pretty tight-lipped about it. He has not uh, said much. Um, mm, uh, is professional. Uh, now, Chris got Brooklyn roots, um, originally born in South Carolina. I didn't know if you knew that or not, Dries, but um, uh, I didn't know that. I'm saying the circles that Chris Rack run in that he knows somebody might know somebody that knows somebody that could get at will or his people. You know what I mean? Like, mm, I or maybe know. realize that he ran his mouth too much and he got what he deserved. Mm. And maybe, yeah, hey, it's black business and we gonna handle it in house with the family. Yeah. Him yeah. and Will have each other's numbers, I'm sure. They'll work it out. Like I said, yeah. this is rich people's business. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, that's true. That's that's between those two, and I, I I don't know what other way you can handle it, right? I guess you could handle it a lots of different ways, but I don't know for Chris Rock the benefit in handling it in other ways. I you know, it's no benefit there. So yeah, yeah. So I was I was playing this over in my mind, and like, how could this have gone differently? So Will Smith could have given a a dirty look to Chris Rock, sat in the seat, and not did anything. That's one. He could have did what he did that obviously took place. Um, he could have went up on stage and like, you know, sort of verbally threatened him. Or he could have took door number four, which is what I would have did. I would have walked up on stage, gave him a dirty look, and then go behind there behind the curtain where they go after they give him the Oscar and shit and be waiting for him when he get back there. And there may have been, may or may not have been some furniture moving. But um, I understand the sort of perceived or real insult to his wife. That's not cool. But um, when you know all them cameras is going and excuse the expression, all them white folks there globally and you slap the shit out of this man, it, it became a night where it wasn't about you even winning the Oscar. It's about you slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. I mean, it's almost like it like, you know, I got a crazy mind, right? It's like somebody came to Will Smith before the Oscar ceremony said, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's pretty neck and neck with you and this other person to win this best Oscar. It's not wrapped up how you think it is. Be like, I tell you what, if at some point during the ceremony, if you go up on stage and slap the shit out of Chris Rock, you could lock this thing in and then just walk away. And then Will's <laughs> thinking about that the whole damn night. And he got a devil on his shoulder and an angel on his shoulder. His angel's like, man, you can't do that. You got to, you know, protect the community. And the devil's like, shit, you want this Oscar? You better slap the shit out of this motherfucker. And, you know, he took door B on that one. So I, I don't you know. Um, like, I, you know, part of it is like, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think, it, well, this is me projecting what I would do onto Will, but I, I was like, like, I, if I was in that situation, right, I don't think I would have slapped Chris Rock for me, right? Like, meaning I would have said, I'm so angry that you said that, that I'm going to go take my anger out by slapping you. I wouldn't do that. Right. But I would do it if I looked over and I saw my wife and she was hurt by it. And what she needed to see from me was like, I'll risk it all, everything for you. And I'm going to go up and I'm going to slap the bejesus out of him right now, because I know that's what you you need. And you need to see me do that. Then that's what I'm doing. So that's the other thing, too. I don't know if he if he did it for himself versus like what his wife might or what he perceived his wife might have wanted or needed at that moment. 
Yeah. So okay. Also, you said and like doing it in front of white people. Why do we care what white people think about us? They're gonna think what they think about us regardless. Like, think about it. Will Smith has a 30 plus year history in the like being known to white people. Black people knew about him before and before then. 30 plus years. And it only took that one incident for them to immediately be like, oh my God, he's so fucking terrible. So why should we care about what white people think about us at all? That's the least nah, of nah, it just I, I I know they were shook T Patty because they, they was thinking like <laughs> Oh, he could do that to me. Yeah, you, you're right. Like we be thinking about that all the time. Yeah, all I, you, you just, you, you just, you just a a razor hair thin from being in yes. Chris Rock position. So maybe they <laughs> should learn, maybe they should learn how to watch their fucking mouths because white people be going too far and saying shit they don't have no business saying. So if that helped them think. Maybe some black people that I work with are tired of my shit, tired of me asking to touch their hair. And they tired might just slap me when they, like, and I don't see example. it coming. <laughs> so I'm on this, uh, I'm on this app. I'm not going to say the name of it, but it's, it's professional people talking about dealing with all kinds of work shit. And there's one particular part of it. It's just all black people. Black dudes said it was uh, time for, you know, the corporate headshots. So he went in, did his hair shot, and he put on a suit and tie like people are wont to do. And he went home, got on his calls, and one of his, um, one of the senior people in the company said, you look really good today. I couldn't tell if you were, you know, on your way to an interview or on your way to court. Mm-mm, what the no, fuck? Unacceptable. Wow. So if, you, if that person hauled off and got slapped in the mouth for saying something out of line, would I be mad about it? No. So if that give if this incident gives white people pause to think, maybe I shouldn't say what I am thinking or telling myself is a joke. Because I don't know, this black person I work with might just be sick of my racist bullshit and they might slap me in my mouth. It was that slap was worth it. That slap that was worth it. (laughs) Watch your fucking mouth when you're talking. That's the moral of the fucking story. Watch your goddamn mouth. I had so many memes going through my head. Obviously, the first one that came to mind was, what did the five fingers say to the face? And I was like, well. that, that one came to mind. <laughs> um, also, you remember the Batman and Robin meme where Batman slapped the shit out of Robin? What? <laughs> you never I mean, seen the meme? I've I never seen that meme. I'll have, to, I'll have to share that with y'all. Um, that's one. Drees, you'll remember this. Well, first of all, this is not Will Smith's first slapping incident. He was doing foreign press somewhere in Europe for one of his movies. And um, he was doing an interview and this man tried to come up and kiss him just like this man out of the blue, not an actor in a movie or nothing like that. And Will Smith slapped him. So, um, you know, we have a, sort of, a, you know, a historical incident prior to this one where he slapped someone. And then, Drees, you'll appreciate and you'll remember this one. T. Patty used to be this wrestler named Dr. D. David Schultz. And this was before, you know, they came out and said that wrestling was sports entertainment and that it was fake and all the matches were predetermined and whatnot, right? John Stossel, he used to work for ABC for 2020. He had the unenviable task of um, interviewing Dr. D. David Schultz. 
Anyway, he uh, caught uh, the wrestler, David Schultz, in the uh, hallway. He says, is wrestling fake? He goes, no, man, wrestling ain't fake. He said, you got any <laughs> yeah. other questions? And he says, well, I'll ask you the standard questions. And Dr. D was like, the standard questions? Um, Dr. D, David Schultz, took an open hand and slapped John Stossel in the ear. You think that's fake? You think that's fake, boy? And John Stossel, he got the shit slapped out of him. He still suffers hearing, he still suffers hearing loss to this day as a result of that open hand slap from Dr. D. Davis Schultz. You remember that, Drees? Yes, I do. Oh my God. Wrestling is the best. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, um, like uh, they tried to blackball um, David Schultz after that. Like he was saying that the wrestling promoter told him to do it. He said this reporter is coming. He goes, just give him an open hand slap in the face. If anything happens to him, you know, um, we won't we won't do nothing to you. Uh, the wrestling federation got sued and uh, they blackballed Doctor <laughs> D. David Schultz. Oh, and that was some oh, funny shit. They did. they did. You guys want to hear my Ali Apicia story? Okay, uh, is that how it's pronounced? It, yeah, it's it's not a funny story. It's actually a serious ass story. You guys want to hear it? All right, let's hear, uh, it. Let's, hear so. about yeah. let's hear about alopecia. Okay, all right. So I was in my mid twenties and I was dating this girl, and um, this was way before I, you know, was like more world experience than I am now. So you know, you try to make it work out right, but uh, sometimes people really get on your nerves. So that's neither here nor there. So I started, you know, at the time I had a high top fade. Imagine that. And um, I started to have like these silver dollar size splotches in my scalp. I mean, one, then two, then four, then six. And um, I didn't know what was going on. I don't know if I had like a super germ or if my like scalp was eating itself or whatnot. So I had to go to a dermatologist. I go to the dermatologist and my head looked like you ever seen those pink elephants with the brown spots? That's what my scalp looked like. Sir. I'm serious. No, this is this is a dead ass serious story. So I go on and see a dermatologist and um, she's asking me like psychological questions. She's like, you know, what's going on in your life? Blah, 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 blah. This, that, and the other thing. And I was just like, I'm dating this girl. She's like, oh, tell me about it. I was like, well, she's giving me hell. You know, I don't know if we're going to be together. This, that, and the third. She was like, this girl is causing you to have alopecia. That is exactly what the dermatologist what? said. Exactly. So she said, this is, she says, you have alopecia. She goes, I cannot give you love advice or romantic advice, but she was like, I guarantee you, if you get rid of, if you break up with her, your hair will grow back within three to six months. So what she had to do was in the spots in the center where the hair wouldn't grow, she had to um, take a needle and do injections in those spots, like to preserve the hair. So my hair would grow back. So I had to go like once a month to get these injections. I finally broke up with the girl. My hair grew back and she was absolutely positively spot on correct. But I had alopecia for about six months and it was not cute. So um, wow. as you said, T-Petty people, black people, very sensitive about their hair. And uh, yeah, I look like a spotted pink elephant. It's like the high top fade was good, but everything on the scalp below that, like where the fade was, the hair was growing around it, but those five to six spots did not have nothing. And you're always a little sensitive about that alopecia. So I kind of get and understand where um, Will Smith was coming from as far as the slap is concerned. But uh, yeah, yeah, your boy had alopecia for about six months. It was not cute, not cute at all.
Um, yikes. Yes, yes. Um, so after you broke up with the girl, how long did it take your hair to grow back? Uh, let's see. So I went to see a dermatologist. She gave me that advice. Um, it got worse. Maybe about six months or six weeks afterwards, we broke up. So I was in the middle of getting those injections. And then uh, the hair grew back and did not have to go um, for the injections uh, too much longer after that. Maybe about another four to six uh, months, but it grew back. But yeah, that's that's a half no, a year. When, no, has- when, when you broke up with her, did you name that as one of the reasons? <laughs> or was it just like, okay, we got it. This is over. In, in one of the arguments, I may have said my fucking hair is falling out because of you. So yes, I did. Oh, know, yeah, that, that, that was the truth. It was the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And then T. Patty, you remember the um, basketball player for the Detroit Pistons, uh, Tar- Charlie Villanueva. He had uh, alopecia as well. People just thought he was bald, like a bald basketball player. But no, he didn't even have eyebrows. He uh, suffered from alopecia as well. Yeah, that's very common. Very common. So, so, so everybody out there, there can be, you know, some type of um, psychological uh, and neurological things that uh, can go on or manifest itself uh, as far as uh, alopecia is concerned. And uh, I think that's the the last of uh, the notes that we have uh, on this incident. Did we miss out anything? My thing is, is that, you know, the Oscars is white already. It's like, now is they going to try and like, you know, invite less black people if they can to next year's Oscars going forward. <laughs> they were already invited less. Yeah, they, they can't get any more less. Uh, we really got to stop giving a fuck about what white people well. think. We really do. Honestly, we have to. It's toxic. Like, oh, I have to be respectable so the whites will like me. Man, fuck that. Mm. They still don't like your black ass. They don't. They are like two milliseconds away from calling you a nigga 363 days out of the year. So why are you breaking your neck to be respectable for them? They ain't even that goddamn respectable. Fuck them. Mm. See... And, and let me tell you, Hollywood is a, a little weird, right? Like the um, the um, class clowns is invited to the Golden Globes and you know you're going to get roasted at the Golden Globes. But then it's like it's supposed to be some type of air of dignity as far as the Oscars are concerned. And it ain't supposed to be, you know, no type of like roasting at the Oscars. But if you invite, you know, comedians like Chris Rock and other folks. I mean, Amy Schumer was up there roasting people. And this is what the host of the Oscars does now because they try and live in that Golden Globes world. You already know these people is going to get roasted. And like if you like on Def Comedy Jam, if you're in the front row, you know, somebody is going to get at you. And, you know, this is what happens. So we're going we gonna to see. I do enjoy the Oscars. You know, I'd like to see who wins for best documentary and, and see if I've seen one out of the 10 movies that get nominated. Um, I saw uh, Summer of Soul and, and King Richard this year. But, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how it changes going forward for the better or for the worse for black people, or just for the general audience. I mean, they might as well just go ahead and just host it online, cut the TV stuff out and just, you know, Male people, their awards ahead of time that won, and then they could just be like, relax, you know, reacting from their house like they did during the pandemic. And I bet you they get more people to watch online than they did on TV because until the slapping thing, like nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, boom, there was a spike in the ratings uh, after that happened. So we'll see how that goes. And again, want to give uh, 
Uh, pre, we know we do, you know we do uh, shout outs at the end of the show, but as far as the Oscars are concerned, again a shout out to Quest Love for winning Best Documentary Summer of Soul. People called that uh, Black Woodstock. It's available on the uh, Mouse in the House streaming service. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, many other streaming services as well. And also shout out to Ariana DeVos who won for Best Supporting Actress for the uh, Reimagined West Side Story. She did an excellent job. Uh, actress of Black, Puerto Rican, uh, Italian, and white ancestry. Her dad is Black. So uh, really, I believe only the second woman of color to win a Best Supporting Actress and uh, in a role that uh, Rita Moreno made famous. Of course, Rita Moreno is the reason why we have the EGOT. She won uh, you know, all four awards uh, and claimed her fourth in 1972. So we want to give a shout out uh, to those two and uh, salute their Black excellence. Um, you guys got anything else uh, on this uh, Oscars uh, thing before we move into our other stuff? Yeah, don't forget about Samuel Jackson, his Oscar. That's true. That is correct. Samuel Jackson, his Oscar. Oscar after being in his six billion movies. Yes, yes, absolutely. Wait, and what did he get, get an Oscar for? Just you know being Samuel I, Jackson? I don't watch the Oscar, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't that, know either. Uh, was it was it for an actual role, or was it just for like a lifetime achievement? I'm not sure. I know Denzel presented it to him, but I don't know what it was for. I just know he got one. Exactly. All right. And, and what did you watch? Did do you know what it was for? I did not. I did not uh, watch uh, the Oscars. I, you know, um, get the news alerts uh, from uh, the NYT, New York Times. Um, so I knew about Quest Love and I knew about Ariana DeBose. I did not know if uh, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, Oscar was uh, for Lifetime Achievement Award. I would imagine it was, but I could be wrong. I also yeah, want to give Lifetime Achievement. I can't think of no movie like what they giving them Oscar for. But the other thing, the Oscars, they they've been trying to do all kind of tricks to make more people watch too. So like they was they was trying to say like um, I think it was like the People's Choice Awards. Like people, mm-hmm. can, because it's like, which movie do you like the best? And yeah. and people can vote online, which they never did that before. I think I don't know what won, but they trying to do all kind of tricks. Yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Denzel as well. He was uh, the the older uncle uh, who was a calming influence uh, after all that mayhem happened. So uh, obviously, uh, Uncle Denzel, we want to thank him for that. And. Um, Man, I also want to say uh, the Oscars, they left out Bob Saget, rest in peace, and um, Ed Asner from their In Memoriam uh, tribute, I heard, uh, during the uh, ceremony. It's like, damn, it's like, um, how hard is it to keep a a roll call of, you know, the contributors uh, that pass away, uh, you know, within the calendar year? But they left out uh, Bob Saget, who was on uh, Full House. And uh, Ed Asner, who was uh, in anything and everything under the sun for more than 50 years, a little disheartening that they left those two out of the uh, ceremony. But were they in movies or TV? Uh, Bob Saget was TV. I think he did movies as well, though. And then Ed Asner was also in movies. I can't recall any of them off the top of my head, but he was also uh, also uh, in movies. And um, it's a little bit uh, sad that they left those two out. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're listening to the Digital Gumbo Podcast. This is episode 82. Thanks so much for joining us. The Digital Gumbo Podcast is a podcast all about news, current events, race, culture, and politics. We're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Download, subscribe, rate, and review today. Download, subscribe, rate, and review today. T-Petty, we're going to do a 180. Want to get your thoughts on this? Uh, 
Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is out of the hospital, but his wife, Jenny Thomas, may be in hot water. You want to, uh, you know, um, wax poetical or talk about uh, those two items? Okay. Now, y'all know how I feel about that trick-ass bitch, Clarence Thomas. So, recap for those who are not aware. He was on death's door uh, a couple weeks ago. We still don't know what was wrong with him. They just said that he was in the hospital with an infection. Little do we know the infection was his bitch-ass wife, Jenny. So, (laughs) this is what happened. Uh, As we know, the January 6th Select Committee has been busy doing their work for the past year or so, and they uh, got Mark Meadows, who was a former chief of staff to Trump, turned over his text messages to the committee. Well, 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 the text messages revealed that that crazy ass bitch was definitely texting Mark Meadows and who knows who else about uh, January 6th, about all these crazy ass conspiracy theories. Um, And she was talking about, like she was intricately involved in knowing what the plans were around January 6th. They're trying to say, well, she wasn't talking to her husband. There is no way in the world that bitch was not talking to her husband about uh, the goings on, the things that she's been involved with, because she has been involved with right wing French stuff for years, years and years. And it just so happens that Clarence Thomas was the only Supreme Court justice to dissent in the decision about um, either Trump's executive privilege or turning over like information to the select committee. Do we think that that's a coincidence? No, I think Clarence Thomas is as crazy as his crazy ass wife and Democrats are making requests for him to recuse himself and to resign when they need to be impeaching his bitch ass. She should never have been seated on the court in the first place because he's a sexual predator. But we won't even go back 30 years. I will just say this. Clarence Thomas needs to be impeached. And it needs to happen immediately. But the Democrats don't have the balls to do it, but that's what they need to do. Oh, T. Petty has spoken. Drees. Clarence Thomas out of the hospital, his wife, Jenny, in hot water. Assess this. Yeah, this is crazy, like, just with this story. But all, like, whatever's done in the dark will come to the light, especially if you're sending text messages back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the, the crazy part about this, right, so part of, like, the Trump administration, when they was trying to overthrow the results of the election, Right. One of their strategies was right to take it to the Supreme Court. Right. Like that was part of their plan. They had a whole kind of plan. And part of it was using the Supreme Court to help overthrow this the election. And so here come Clarence Thomas wife communicating to the chief of staff of the White House administration. And then she making references like my friend, my friend, my friend. <laughs> And so clearly she's talking about Clarence Thomas. Yeah, her best. And so, yeah, her best, my best friend. My, so that that means like it's almost like the fix was in. Like if you get it to the Supreme Court, I already, I already know that we straight over here. That's basically what that was what she was doing. 
And everybody was just egregious like like that. And so anything that he that the Supreme Court hears related to January 6th, the insurrection, um, you know, the overthrow of the election, all that Clarence Thomas definitely need to uh, recuse himself mm. of that. So he needs to be impeached. He doesn't need to have the option of recusing himself. And John Roberts, who is the chief justice, needs to fucking do something. The legitimacy of the court is clearly at stake here. It has like the reputation has been eroded for a while. We all know that Gorsuch was a stolen seat. And then we got that rapist who likes beer, Brett Kavanaugh. And then the bitch who didn't even know the freedoms afforded by the Constitution, Amy Coney Barrett. So now we have the opportunity of getting our second Black Supreme Court justice. And yes, I'm well aware of what I said. So as far as I'm concerned, Thurgood Marshall and then uh, Katanji, those are only two Black Supreme Court justices. (laughs) Because fuck Clarence Thomas for real. Hmm. So he needs to be impeached, and that's just the bottom line. But it's not going to happen. Robert's not going to be done. Well, I, I, I think impeachment is like when you say T like it is warranted because, like, a lot of people say, like, okay, like you, you can have a spouse of a Supreme Court, like justice, they can have like free speech, right? Like, they can they can work on causes and because they work on causes or push towards something, it doesn't mean like they're gonna, you know, like they influence the court, right? And so that's one thing. But what she did was she like joined the Trump camp in trying to overthrow um the election, right? Like she she joined that team. That's a cool and then she, she yeah right and so so that crossed a line it's not like free speech and like you ain't got nothing to do with it like no once you did that you became part of that effort and then you tried to peddle influence with your spouse in order to make it happen absolutely and they should first of all all you need to know is what would the gop be doing right now if it was Sonia Sotomayor's husband that was involved in some shit like this. They would have drew they up the articles of impeachment two weeks ago. Oh, absolutely. And it wouldn't matter if she was on her deathbed, they would have done it. That's number one. Number two, this is not a free speech issue. I don't know why people don't know what free speech is when they're always screaming about it. Free speech is about the government impeding your right. This doesn't have anything to, like free speech does not include you doing some shit. That's a fucking crime, which is what she was doing. Also, that bitch is crazy. Do y'all remember when she called Anita? Um, yeah, I've got to apologize. After like 30 years. years. Yeah. Bitch, I will mollywop you. That bitch like, is How you get crazy. my number? Who is this? She what? is crazy as hell. And somebody should have yanked her up by them waddles on her neck a long time ago. Not the waddles, T. Patty. Not the waddles. I said it. I'm a woman. I can get away with saying shit like that. Now, listen, um, you know, I tend to remain neutral in these things. However, I will say this, um, and this is not necessarily about uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, but hear me out. And this is what I put in the group chat. It reminds me of the old summer camp song. 
There once was a man who swallowed a fly, but I don't know why he swallowed the fly. Perhaps he'll die, period, full stop, and end of sentence. Are you saying that Clarence finna die? We all gonna die one day, T-Petty, just it might come sooner <laughs> than later for uh, others. It's, it's a daily occurrence, just like the slapping in the street and the fisticuffs, you know, these things happen. And um, we'll uh, we'll see how this plays out. But uh, yeah, Jenny might be might be going to jail. Um, Adris, not an impeachment, but two resignations asked for by the Biden administration. Joe has asked Dr. Mehmet Oz, who is running as a Republican senator for the state of Pennsylvania. Oh, he and, is. Yes, and oh shit, uh, I saw that. And. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner Herschel Walker, who is running for Senate in Georgia, he has asked for their resignations from the President's Council on Physical Fitness, stating a policy that members of the council cannot be actively seeking political office. So um, the other thing, and T. Petty, I know you're going to chime in on this, uh, Herschel Walker, who does not appear to be the sharpest knife in the drawer <laughs> was doing a campaign true. stop, Drees, in Georgia. And he was talking about critical race theory, but he called it, he go, I don't know what this is. Why are we even talking about this? CTR, CTR, what's critical race theory? Which we, of course, <laughs> obviously refer to it as CRT, not the cathode ray tube that used to be in your TV, but critical race theory is now CRT. Dr. Oz, and Herschel Walker running for Senate and asked for their resignations. Drees. All right. All right. I'm going to say this. <laughs> okay. As far as these resignations, okay, that's clear cut. Like, you can't be doing this and running for public office, right? So that's one thing. So that ain't no controversy. Just get off the thing. And now it's a whole nother story with these two characters running for, like, for, for office. Now, Dr. Oz... He is like a pseudoscientist. Like he, I don't, I don't know where he be getting his information from, or uh, what. Ass. But it, what? His ass. That's he. Oh, yeah, he's right, I gotta be somewhere. So I like he might make a better politician. Than he does a doctor. So I may, um, maybe, maybe. But it would be a, a probably a horrible politician. But like anyway, now Herschel Walker. Now I, I hate to say this, but I'm, I'm gonna be the one to say it. You know why he mixed it up? Why? Because you know, he was thinking about um, um, CTE. What was that? The, oh, shit. You the, got a little touch of CTE yourself. It was a little bit of a pause there. Bro. I know. I, there's a pause there. I had to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. C CTE. Uh, he may be dealing with CTE, too. Mm. You know, from all them years, concussions. Yeah, I think it's chronic. Like, what is chronic? What? What does it stand for? CT chronic. I know um, the E is encephalopathy. Tra tra traumatic encephalitis. Yes, encephalopathy. Yep. Yes, chronic yeah, traumatic you. encephalopathy, which they can yeah. only diagnose once you're dead and and perform an autopsy on your brain and take a cross section of your brain out and take a look at it. Well, yep. and you talk about he wasn't the, he wasn't the sharp, sharpest knife in the in the drawer, and he mm. he you know what I'm saying he talking about um, critical race theory, and he mixing up that with CTE and C whatever. That's that's probably what it is. Mm, mm, mm. I Too mean, 
let's not be so quick to blame CTE. He's mm. been cooning for a long time, as mm-hmm. we know. And his son is also a, a soft shoe. Yes, a massa tap dancing coon as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, Herschel Walker is an idiot, but he's running in Georgia. So he has a chance of being elected. So let's get out the vote, people. Surely you don't want somebody uh, (laughs) who can't even get a three-letter acronym acronym right representing you. Mm. Surely. Um, (laughs) C-T-R-A. And as far as Dr. Oz, now y'all know I hate to say this because I love her, but we got to blame Oprah for this. Mm -hmm. Nobody would know who Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz was if it wasn't Mm. for her lending her platform to those fucking nut jobs. And they're both crazy. Mm. Now, I would I would like to thank Oprah for Dr. Phil because Cash Me Outside is an all-time bad. <laughs> cash me out. Cash, cash me, me outside. Dr. Phil was spreading that uh anti-vaxxer nonsense, that COVID di- uh, disinformation. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch Dr. Phil all the time for exactly that reason, foolishness. But yeah. nope. Trash. Absolutely. Now, T Petty and Drees, let me put this together. The USFL, the now defunct league, which is coming back in another iteration next month. The USFL had a team, the New Jersey Generals, owned by one Orange 45. Who played on that team and who was a running back? Herschel Walker. Let me take it further. Herschel Walker appeared on a celebrity edition of The Apprentice, starring Orange 45. And while a Black person never won The Apprentice, Herschel and Trump are tight. T. Petty, let me also lend clearance to this. You said we got to get out the vote. You damn right. Because this fucker, Matt Gates, is out here talking about if they take back the Senate, they will go ahead and install Trump as Speaker of the House. We talked about this six months ago. Everybody thought I was bullshitting. They are up to no good. And if that happens, nothing will get done in Washington. Find out the rules, all the new shit that they didn't had since the presidential election and get registered. Know whether you need to vote in person, whether you can uh, vote by mail. It's gonna change from state to state, county to county, city to city, but you need to get registered. You want that bullshit that happened from 2016 to 2020? Okay. But you got to get registered to vote to preclude all that from happening. They are dead ass serious about putting Trump in as Speaker of the House because you don't have to be an elected official to be appointed Speaker of the House. You don't. No, you know, I was like, part of me, like, almost like chuckled when you said that. Like, oh, like, like, ah, Trump is a Speaker of the House. But then I thought about it, like, them jokers will try anything, anything. Well, so it, it it ain't funny. It's like I I had to catch myself. It's like it's it seems preposterous and laughable, mm-hmm. but they will try it. Well, people thought it was preposterous and laughable for him to get elected as president, and we see how that worked. Exactly, out. and yeah. that he'll try to t- overturn the election. Like you, they'll bring it to the Capitol and try to. It, yeah, it it can happen. Yeah, and did y'all see he asked Russia to find, dig up dirt, dirt on Hunter Biden again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, he, wait, I thought you were talking about in the past. No, no. This, this is, just, this is this new. This, this, this month. Biden. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, because he didn't get yoked up the first time, people know when they do some shit that's bogus and they don't face any consequences for it, it just makes them do even more bogus shit. And that's yep. the can Russia can you dig up some some of the Hillary Clinton emails? They, <laughs> like, this is all this is all that they're doing. They are just running rampant. And I don't know what the fuck Merrick Garland is doing, but I really need to get him him to get his thumb out of his ass and get moving with some criminal charges from the Justice Department. Like this select committee can't do anything related to criminal charges. The Justice Department has to do it. I don't know what they're doing. But they're not taking, they're not doing it fast enough. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, hey, um, you know, already put this on your to-do list. Uh, find out those rules for where you are in terms of these elections. Um, you know, uh, get registered. Make sure that if you moved, get your shit together. Uh, if you registered from last time, just double check. Call down to your board of elections. Make sure it's still valid. Find out if your polling place has switched. A lot of times those are schools and schools are closing, um, you know, being rebuilt, new schools being put up. So your polling place from last time might not be your polling place from this time. And you need to be in on these midterms. People do not vote in midterm elections, generally speaking, in as high of volumes as they do in the general election. You need to treat this midterm election like a general election um, because it could hit your wallet. Uh, your pocket, your family, uh, your city, your town, your state, and your world. So uh, that's uh, that's the public service announcement today on that from the Digital Gumbo Podcast. T. Petty, uh, Russia's war on Ukraine. Um, Joe made a trip over to Poland, did not uh, deliver or promise the jets, but a lot of money is going around um, in terms of uh, aid being uh, sent over to Ukraine. Also, um, there are uh, you know, he, uh, Joe, President Biden, um, said he would open the borders for as many as 100,000 Ukrainians to come over to the United States. Yet mm-hmm. and still, there are Haitian people and people Hello. of color looking to get into this country that are still waiting at the borders. How do those two things go together, if at all? Well, we know they go together because the Ukrainians that are coming over here ain't black or brown. The same is we've seen repeat over and over again. So should the United States be involved in helping to defend Ukraine? Absolutely. But should we extend those same courtesies to black people who were born and raised in this country? Absolutely. To other um, asylum seekers and immigrants to this country who are not blonde hair and blue eyed that wanna come to this fuck ass place for whatever reason? Absolutely. We got money to do both. What we don't have is a political will to do both. And, you know, racism. It's a thing. Racism. You said it. You said it. Dries, Joe said 100,000, as many as 100,000 Ukrainians, uh, you know, would uh, be coming to uh, America. But yet and still, we got uh, black and brown people waiting at the border to get in. Yeah. You know, this is like, uh, yeah, it, and it's hard to see it as anything but kind of based on skin color, right? Like you let some folks in, you don't let other folks in. Like what's the difference, right? Like you can say like Ukraine is at war, but a lot of the folks, you know, who are coming from other places, they're at war too, right? And they're suffering like just just as much, but you let one group in and not the other. 
And what's the difference? Skin color. So like it is, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, talk out of both ends of your mouth, you know, both ends, you know, of your face on that one. Um, the other thing, I think I said this on the last podcast was like, all right, I hope Joe don't go over there and something happened and like we in World War Three, but he almost pulled it off though. Mm. <laughs> when he was giving the speech and he ad lib, it is like Putin has cannot remain in power. Mm-hmm. I was okay. like, oh well, Lord. But what was wrong with him? But what was wrong with him saying that? It's true. It's uh, T Patty. It's true. That is true. But what I'm saying, it's like you. It's like if you don't like somebody, right, and and you go to their neighbor house right next door and you start talking smack. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you ain't nothing. You ain't worth nothing. I don't like you, and and I like, and I, I, I'm gonna kick you out that house. And it's just like if you're gonna go over there and say that, expect something to happen, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're gonna, it's gonna escalate it, not mm-hmm. de-escalate it. So we survived. First of all, Joe Biden has 40 years of foreign policy experience. I ain't even worried about it. We survived four years with that bumbling idiot Trump saying all kind of crazy shit out of his mouth. So we're we're fine. Yeah, but but he was a stooge of Russia. <laughs> that's like, like that was like that was like, that's different. Like, yeah, he, he a stooge of Russia. But I'm saying, like, now that you, you you say that, I'm not saying he was wrong, but I'm just saying like it like if you're going to go over to Poland, which is right there mm-hmm. next to Ukraine, right? But like it's right, Russia's fighting right in there and you're going to talk smack, they, they're going to receive it that way. Like how else would they receive it? You know, and like uh, it's going to be inflammatory. He, so like, do y'all think he did that by accident? This man has 40 plus years of foreign policy experience. He did it for a reason. He knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't a mistake. He, he said it because he wanted to say it. And he wanted yeah, to I agree that he, he he wanted to say that. That's what he it, felt. It was deliberate. Now I I agree with y'all both, but that makes me think about the Michael Jackson video. Bad. It'd be like, that's what they teach you at that school you go to. You ain't bad. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. You ain't bad. You ain't nothing. Like so. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Foreign policy advice from Michael Jackson. You ain't nothing. So uh, at least it did not uh, break out into uh, World War Three, and uh, looks like yes, uh, some, yes, some, yes. Yeah, looks like some pieces being brokered. But this guy is real funny. Is he's like on some wrestling shit? Be like, I'm your friend, and then he gonna body slam you and choke you. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but we'll but see people people did say out. it's like oh we we this could this is kind of like World War Three. We just ain't realized it yet because we yeah. don't know the the, the the repercussions of this. Right. Of like what it's going to what it's going to mean. Like, you know, every day, like you hear about Ukraine um, and, and all the havoc this is wreaking on the world. It's like it is other countries that depend on Ukraine for their food supply. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's been disrupted. So now you're going to have like um, folks who are, are um, who are going to be displaced because they're going to have to leave where they are because like it's not going to be enough food. Because our pipeline that was coming from Ukraine, the bread basket, right, isn't able to supply it anymore. They can't get the cargo ships out. Some of the cargo ships have been bombed. So that's going to have ripple effect, right? Now you got like, uh, you know, prices of like, you know, oil going up and gas going up. 
So it's like, it's all kind of repercussions this is causing, and we don't see quite see all of them yet. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's a house of cards, that's for sure. Um, but um, we're going to see if uh, cooler heads prevail, but uh, that part of the world has uh, been changed forever, and we know it takes sometimes as long as a generation for uh, a country to come back uh, from this type of war, but um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll check on that and, and keep a uh, post on that uh, going forward, especially uh, in these next uh, weeks ahead. Um, let's see. Drees, one of my favorite shows uh, got canceled. Another show got canceled, but it's not necessarily one of my favorites. In the case of the Maury Parvich show, Maury, you have been canceled. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the Wendy Williams show will be officially canceled at the end of, I believe, May, will be replaced by the Sherry Shepard show. Sherry Shepard has been the fill-in host for Wendy Williams uh, over the last few months, and uh, they're saying that uh, Wendy is shopping a podcast deal that could be uh, as much between $100 million and a third of a billion dollars, $335 million. Give me your takes on either one of those or both. Well, first of all, I'm going to say, like, is they really canceled? Like, when you have long-running shows like that, I know, like, eventually, like, the audience change, what people, like, want to see changes, and you have to close out the show. But it's, it's like, when you say cancel, it's like, yeah, they just, you know, it just naturally came to an end, right? It's like everything has a beginning and an end. It's not like it was canceled because, you know, people didn't like it. It just, it just ran its course. So I'll, I'll say that about both shows. Like they have their audience, they have their place in time, and now it's just something different. Uh, I do want to say, like Wendy, holla at the digital gumbo. <laughs> Put us on, girl. <laughs> Put us on. Like it is. Um. So I, you know, I wish both of them the best. Like you know, they, they their shows, they entertained us. Whatever you think about Maury, whatever you think about Wendy. Like we was watching them and they served a a purpose of entertaining us. And and they did that. So props to them. So absolutely, absolutely. T Petty, Maury Povich once appeared in a music video for the rap group, one of my favorite rap groups of all time, De La Soul, for their music video, Stakes is High. Really? And uh, yes, yes. Um, I'll have to send you the Maury link to was that. In it? I gotta I gotta Maury pull that back in- up. Yeah, Maury, uh, I think the line he uttered was rap in the 90s. And De La Soul, like in the video, appeared as like panelists. And then they broke into the, uh, they, then they broke uh, into the musical part of the video. Well, yes, Maury Povich appeared uh, in that video. Um, and then uh, Wendy Williams again. So again, right, the word cancel, like now it's cancel culture, but uh, I guess cancel as uh, not renewed, I guess is the best way to to term it as far as uh, Wendy Williams and the, the uh, Maury Shore concerned, uh, T. Petty. Well, if she wasn't ill, her show would not have been canceled. It's very popular, as we know. Um, so I hope whatever, I, I honestly don't recall what her, um, what her challenges are, but I know they're fairly serious. So, um, hope that she recovers and goes on to do some more things. She's a huge voice in the entertainment industry. As we all know, we all remember that iconic Whitney Houston interview where she got cussed out on her own show by Nippy. 
And also when she got into a myth about spreading his wife's business. So uh, iconic moments in the entertainment uh, world that we all remember. As for Maury, I mean, 30 years of you are not the father is more than enough. So he can ride off into the run and spend a real good run. Yes. So he can spend all his money with his wife, Connie Chung, who I still can't like that is the weirdest couple to me. (laughs) Um, Like, what do they talk about at night? She did serious news and he did. You are not the father shows all day, every day. Um, So like you said, for that one, that show has run its course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. I mean, he had a, a nice long, nice long career. So now he can go off and do whatever it is that old rich white men do. I hear you. T Petty, if they revive, you know, Maury and some type of concept, I think I need to get my demo tape together. Also, one of my trashiest ass shows of all time that I absolutely positively love and will pause my life to watch it, no matter whether I've seen the episodes or not. What? Cheaters. I love it. It's I okay. know it's fake as hell, but I love it. I, I want to be the Is host of Cheaters. It's Let's, like, okay. Cheaters, yeah. my man Tommy Grand, they used to wear the all black. And they were yeah. never they had that other host with the glasses when they went on a yacht to confront somebody and he got Joey stabbed. Greco. <laughs> Joey Greco, he got stabbed and flipped <laughs> off the side of the boat. All oh, that shit was bomb. <laughs> and then the last time I watched it, Clark Gable was the host. And he right. was actually like Clark Gable's like great great grandson or something. Right. He, yes. He died from a drug overdose. He died from a drug overdose. And now the host is Peter Guns. You remember Lord Tariq and Peter okay, Guns? Wait, Peter, Peter Guns? Peter Guns. Peter Guns hosting. Wow. Peter Guns from Love and Hip Hop fame. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. The fact that his cheating ass is the host of Cheaters is is just gold. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's, Cheaters it's, is some good wholesome family entertainment. <laughs> It's trash. Even like the end of the show is great. Um, the company that, you know, the production company, the tagline is, well, get in here and sign this contract. Otherwise, we'll both starve. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the great. I love cheaters. So if I ever have, if they ever have auditions for cheaters, I'm going to be on that because it's like confrontational and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You get to watch video and stuff like surveillance. And it's like, you kind of like, you know, a private eye. That's that a great amazing. show. As I, I remember it. one episode and the dude got caught, confronted him and he, they showed him the video. He was like, that ain't me. That's my twin brother. And his <laughs> wife was like, you don't even have a twin brother. He was like, you right, I'm sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> is amazing that's just great that's that like, you gonna believe you gonna believe me or your lying eyes oh my god <laughs> mm-hmm. it is the worst and the best i love it i love it uh t petty we have our final four items but i'm gonna give you a chance to pontificate on um one of your many areas of expertise the mm-hmm. women's final four oh we have god. south carolina versus louisville and one half of the bracket and we got Connecticut and Stanford in the other half of the bracket. Who is going to take it all? So this is what you got to know about women's basketball, women's college ball. <clears throat> there used to be a time where there were like, you could predict with regularity who was going to be in the final four. Dominant teams, yeah. There were dominant teams. There wasn't that much parity. Like you didn't really start to see close games until you got to the final four. Parity is much closer this year. 
I've watched the best game of the tournament, men's or women's, in the Elite Eight between UConn and North Carolina State. It went to double, double overtime. Double overtime with UConn. I won't even say they won. They outlasted North Carolina State and won by four points. They are absolute assassins in the women's game. Beast, Paige Beckers, AZ Fudd. Paige Buckets. Paige Buckets. Uh, oh, God. Ali. Oh, what is her name? I'm looking right at her. North or South Carolina. Big. Oh, she's a sophomore. Damn it. I can't remember her name. And I can see her face. She's the player of the year this year, without a doubt. The whole uh, damn squad on South Carolina is balling. Like, um, what is her name uh, on on Stanford? They got some ballers. Like it's going to be amazing, and I cannot wait um, to see what happens. Aaliyah Boston, Lord yes, have mercy, yes. why could I not remember that girl's name? My bad girl, because I've been watching y'all forever. Because Don Staley is everything to me. So um, starting to see more women coaches on the women's side, ironically. Black coaches, um, closer games. So if you love basketball, you need to be watching this women's final four. And who is going to win? Honestly, it could be any of them. Yeah. It could be any of them. I mean, I would never um, vote against Gina Oriema. So even though, um, like, this is not the dominant UConn, squad that people are used to seeing that was beating people by the average of 40 points but they got some ballers and Gino interesting stat about him is that he um if he makes it to the final four he's or into the championship game he's undefeated Mm. he's 11 and 0 once he makes it to the final game so if he gets past, um, T-Petty, did you that just proves your point? What did you say he would be? What <laughs> eleven and zero? <laughs> no, he's eleven and zero right now. He's won eleven I, championships, so he would be. 12. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. he's won eleven. Eleven, <laughs> yeah, eleven. Like that's more than John Wooden, who they celebrate yeah. left, right, and center. So, uh, UConn is facing Stanford on Friday. South Carolina and Louisville. I'm putting my money on South Carolina in that game. A, because okay. I can't stand Louisville. I think they play dirty. Um, Stanford and UConn. Woo! Be triple overtime. That's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's- if there's anybody that could put that first championship loss on Gino would be Dawn Staley, highest paid women's coach. She is. So, well, first, UConn has to get past Stanford, yeah, um, yeah. who are the reigning champs. We can't forget. And you know who little sister plays for Stanford? Who? Russell Wilson. Oh, wow. His sister is Anna Wilson. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah, I think she's a senior this year. They also, on Stanford squad, they have uh, – Somebody dunked, uh, Fran Belibi dunked in the game the other day. So, you know, you don't really see that a lot on the women's side, even though those women, they're like tall, but Fran Belibi is only like six one. Um, So that's Stanford-UConn game. Ugh, I don't know. I can't call it, uh, but I'm calling South Carolina in, that, in the uh, 
in the second game. Well, South South Carolina's the first game. They play at seven. Okay. Ooh, I don't know, but I'll be watching. So y'all don't call me on the first because I'm fucking busy. We will not call you on <laughs> April Fool's Day. We got you. We got you. Dries, call me. That's right. Dries, I know you got South Carolina all the way. Of so course. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna ask you on the women's side of the bracket. Men's side of the bracket, we got Villanova and Kansas. Um, they go first. Hold on. Hold on. Why did you ask me? Why did you ask me about the men's game, bro? Are you being sexist? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I did the women's bracket first because we know how much of a proponent you are for women's basketball. And mm-hmm. I wanted to give Jeese and present him as the flip side of the coin to your expert commentary and thoughts and those types of things. Oh, wait, don't, don't be setting me up. I, I like against no team penny commentary. Yeah, because I think he's saying that I don't have expert commentary. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. You know what? So uh, all kidding aside, the women's side has been better than the men's side. There have been, you know, the St. Peter's had to run on the men's side. But in terms Ah, of the peacocks, absolutely. I've got to get me a peacocks T-shirt. But in terms of fundamentals and just pure shooting, the women's game obviously is much, much better uh, miles ahead as far as the men's game is concerned, especially with the one and dones on the men's side but that most of uh, the women that we see, uh, they stay uh, for three or four years before going on to the NBA or international basketball and what have you. They always have those fundamentals down. Um, There's just a better brand of basketball in the women's game at all levels, uh, but especially shooting and fundamentals where you get these guys that uh, go from high school, one year of college, they really don't get their fundamentals down. And then they bring a lopsided game one way or the other to the NBA. So Respect and props out to to the women's game. So, Drees, I'll ask you on the men's side of the Final Four, and then, T-Petty, you chime in, or we'll kick it back over to you and see who you got on the men's side. Drees, uh, in the Final Four, we got Villanova versus Kansas in the first game, and then these two teams have never met in the uh, NCAA tournament. This is for all of – well, half of the marbles. UNC, yeah. North Carolina versus Duke. Coach K, this is his last season. Mm-hmm. Carolina has a chance to send uh, Coach K home forever. They beat him in the last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium in um, Raleigh-Durham. Um, a That's few, generous. They beat that ass. They did whoop that ass. <laughs> they whooped so, that uh, ass. So, Dries, so you got Villanova, Kansas first up. And, all right, so I think I'm going to go with um, – I, I kind of want Kansas to take it. Okay. But um, I – I, I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm going I'm to keep that with Kansas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then I, know, second- I know. I know. I know. I know T-Betty. Now, no, the other I'm, thing not, I was- I'm not saying nothing. All right. All right. Good. All right. Now, the uh, now this other matchup, right? UNC that you and Duke. That's the nightcap. It, it, I just want to point out, in the women's, right, you got South Carolina, right, mm-hmm. which is right there, Columbia, South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got um, UNC- and um and and Duke, which mm-hmm. is like right there next to each other in North Carolina. Like Eight literally, you talking about yeah, like like you talking about maybe an hour and a half, like difference, maybe two hours. No, and they're so like just, they're like eight miles apart. You know, I'm talking about them. I'm talking about between like uh the the women's for oh, South Carolina. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, right? Like gotcha. just just great basketball overall. Yes. But they 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 doing there might might as well be the same campus, <laughs> like eight miles apart. Like they're like right there, and the matchup 
right? Yeah. Two great teams. And it's just great basketball all around. Um, Coach K, maybe this is his 13th time, I think. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, how many times. What, in the final four? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is he this his had... 10th or 11th, which either ties or beats John Wooden from UCLA by one? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something. It's close right there. I think it's 13 or something. So I, 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 have, to, I have to look it up to see. He but has his 12th final. No, this will be his 13th final four. 13th final, yeah, 13th final four. 13th final four. So that tells you right there, like, just, like, great basketball. So this one is, man, I – I, I can't even say who's gonna win this. <laughs> like I, I just that it's just gonna be bananas. Just watching them play. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be watching it. So you got Kansas in the first one. You say too close to call in the second one. Give me a pick, yep. man. UNC or Duke? Call it. Mm, that's so hard, man. I, I, okay, I, I'm gonna take it back. <laughs> to when I was a kid, Uh-oh. and um, I'm I'm gonna go for for UNC because I kind of low key hate on Duke. Okay, okay. <laughs> Everybody hates Duke. I, yeah, I, I low key hate on Duke. I ain't gonna lie. Duke. <laughs> All right, so you got Kansas so, and you got UNC. Yeah. T. T. Petty, yeah. how you think this is gonna go down? Ah, uh, all right. So these are all blue blood programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um. They're all one and two seeds except for North Carolina, which is an eight seed coming in here. So uh, truth be told, I hate all of them. (laughs) Like Duke, obviously I'm from Michigan. So obviously I hate Duke. Kansas, I hate like rock chalk, Jayhawk. What the fuck does that even mean? Hate that. Um, Villanova, I mean, I don't hate them as much, but whatever. Uh, North Carolina also hate them, but they have a black coach, even though he played for North Carolina. So if I have to pick in the Duke North Carolina game, I'm going to have to go in North Carolina because I hate Duke that much, even okay. though Mike Krzyzewski is whatever. He's very accomplished, but whatever. I hate him. Mm. Kansas and Duke, ooh, man, or Kansas and Villanova. I've been watching Kansas through the tournament and they they're looking pretty unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. But the beauty of it is, this is why you play the game. You just never fucking know what's going to happen. So all I really want to see since both Michigan State, my beloved squad, and Michigan are out, I don't really care who wins on the men's side. I just want to see good games. That's it. And the beauty about Final Four weekend is that I get four straight days of basketball because the women's games are on Friday and Sunday and the men's are on Saturday and Monday. So nobody bothered me from noon on Friday (laughs) all the way through uh 11 59 p.m. on wait wait the wait the men's games is on Saturday, right? Saturday for the final four and then yeah. Monday for the championship. Okay, okay, for the championship, you meant the championship. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's gonna be April 4th. And you know that uh Justice or Judge Katanji Brown Jackson is uh the first day that the vote can take place is April 4th. So maybe we'll have a little bit of an extra celebration uh on that day, April 4th. 
also a very sad day, the day that uh, Martin Luther King was uh, shot and killed. So we're trying to get some justice on a day that we suffered some injustice. But uh, <clears throat> I'm taking South Carolina to win it all uh, on the women's mm-hmm. side. And uh, I'm going to take North Carolina to beat. If you beat Duke, uh, I think you got the wherewithal to do it. Uh, either Villanova or Kansas will be a tough uh, hurdle to climb. But uh, I think uh, North Carolina is going to going to win it all and take it all. So we'll see what goes there. Excuse me while I clear my throat. We will see. Now, you know what I think about every time I think about the Villanova men's team? What's that? I think about the fact when they beat Georgetown, everybody on that team was high as a fucking kite on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time. I mean, that was an incredible game. That was, what, 80? Yeah. yeah. I still remember mm-hmm. that game. Long time and ago. Later, yeah. we found out like everybody was high on on that cocaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> but uh, I'm super excited. Y'all know this is my favorite time of year, um, which is why I haven't been texting much because I've been watching basketball and and I've been working, watching basketball, and working out. That's it. That's what's up. That's I shit. I haven't that's even a full life. Much, which is in line. That's like you've been killing it. That's a full life. You go, T Petty. Well, listen, we're running out of time. So um I will spare y'all the final four since we talked about the final four. I actually will take uh two items if y'all don't mind. And if you have a quick reaction, good. If not, no worries. This is my shout out to the Baltimore Museum of Art. I watched a piece on TV about the Baltimore Museum of Art. There is an exhibit if you're in the area that has been put together by the security guards at the Baltimore Museum of Art. Now, you know, we joked around about the Russian security guard that drew the uh, eyes on the (laughs) faceless painting, but no, this is serious. Uh, The head of the museum uh, got together and asked the security guards, the head of security, would they be interested in putting together an exhibit? And they said, absolutely. They said, nobody in that museum knows more about the art than the security guards. Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, um, art staff, you know, museum staff, et cetera. And the security guard said, yes, they said, we would like to, you know, participate and, you know, share a little bit more than just telling people where the bathrooms are. The people at the Baltimore, yeah, the people uh, uh, overseeing the Baltimore Museum of Art opened all of the archives to the security guards and each security guard got to pick out a piece that spoke to them. They have a whole exhibit. They picked out the colors, the um, lettering on the wall, et cetera, et cetera. And they picked the pieces that spoke to them. It's a full exhibit. I think it'll be running the rest of the year. If it isn't, it should be. What's the name of the exhibit? uh, I forget the name of the exhibit, but um, it is put together uh, uh, by the security guards there at the Baltimore Museum of Art. So uh, when I get up there, I'm going to definitely check that out. Dries, you might want to take the missus and the kids. And uh, it looks great. Uh, saw a couple of the pieces, some that had to do with, the, you know, the protest of uh, Black Lives Matter. Another uh, piece which was um, looked relatively simple, but spoke uh, to the security guards there. And there must be a, a staff of about 24 to 30 security guards. They each got to pick a piece. And uh, there's in a full uh, exhibit there at the Baltimore Museum of Art. So want to give a shout out to them and, um, you know, putting their collective talents together, their eye for art and uh, for sharing okay. uh, their vision and their I pieces. I love it. Yes, so it's called Guarding the Art. 
Okay, guarding. I knew it had nice. something to do with guarding or security and it's in the open theme. from March 27th through July the 10th. Okay. Okay, love this. I'll be visiting because this is this is dope. Absolutely. Oh wow, a two they engage in a two-year process to select the works, design the installation, create content, plan visitor tours, and other public programs. Yeah, That's the security cool. guards really did a, a masterful job. Just some of them probably could get jobs as like uh, curators now, as far as everything is concerned. So I want to walk through, take my time, you know, maybe go on a rainy Tuesday when nobody's there so I can really, you know, sort of take my time and, and peruse it because they did a, a smash up job. And just the pieces that I saw, the little bit that I saw, it looked great. And uh, the pride that was beaming and all of the smiles and the stories uh, from the security guards uh, touched my heart. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, this reminds me of uh, President Obama when he was in the Senate. He would always dap or give a high five or a fist bump to the janitors. Um, and the folks that have worked there so many years in the Senate chambers and, and whatnot, it's uh, not the person that's at the top. It's the people that do, you know, the hard work on a day-to-day -day basis, the largely unseen people that know the most. And, um, you know, I'm a, a shout out and a praise and a honor for the security staff there at the Baltimore Museum of Art. So that's, uh, that's one. That's my shout out. And then I got flowers uh, for the Black News Channel. Man, y'all know that uh, I ran with Black News Channel for a minute. Uh, yeah. was able to uh, do some uh, pieces yeah. with them on uh, sports and culture and all those things. Um, you know, they had a tough uh, sort of uphill climb as far as viewers are concerned. In fact, their highest viewership came, um, you know, with the Katanji, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson hearings. Sadly, though, they weren't able to uh, get the viewers that they needed to sustain uh, the channel and uh, 200, about 250 staff members were uh, let go and the channel has been taken off the air. So, um, you know, uh, in a spectrum of, uh, you know, uh, TV news, we're so hard for us to get our stories out there and for our perspective to be out there. Very sad that uh, Black News Channel uh, has been taken off the air. So we wish their people, uh, all the staff members, their Godspeed, the hardworking professionals, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, and um, we'll, uh, we'll look for them uh, in terms of going forward. What I was very upset about is that Shahad Khan, who uh, was uh, over uh, the funder and, you know, um, um, you know, sort of put together the Black News Channel, he's worth about $9 billion, owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I believe he owns a soccer team as well. Um, when Al Jazeera, that network broke up, they gave those folks uh, some nice severance packages and also guaranteed their um, also guaranteed their health care for a year. Uh, all the reports that I've seen surface uh, was a very uh, sort of terse email that went out to staff. No severance packages and no health care by this from a man who is a billionaire. So, uh, you know, um, sad situation. And uh, I will be rooting against the Jacksonville Jaguars probably from now until eternity. But uh, the Black News Channel is no more. But uh, was uh, happy to uh, take part in some segments uh, with them while they were existing. You guys got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I read that too. And I was sad to hear about it because um, they haven't been around long. But I did enjoy the segments, of course, the segments with you on it, but just in general, because they had a different kind of viewpoint than the mainstream news. And so I enjoyed that. 
And the owner needs to get up off that money, not only not offering severance, but I heard they didn't even get paid for their last two weeks. And that's that bullshit. So go ahead and pay those people, give them a severance, extend their health care. We're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, in case you didn't know that, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, give these people the dignity and the respect that they deserve. That's right. That's right. Dries, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. The Black News Channel is no more. Yeah, like, and you need to pay people, period, right? Like, that ain't even, like, extra. That's, like, what you owe them. Like, go ahead and pay them pay them people. The other thing is, like, man, up, like, other networks should be, like, snatching up all this talent, right? Because every, every network need more folks, Black folks and folks with that perspective to be part of their organization. So they should be gobbling these folks up to join, chasing after them to join the networks. So um, I'm, I'm wishing them the best, very talented folks, and they land in the places that they want to be and that want them. Agreed, agreed. So, um, you know, again, we wishing Godspeed for uh, all the members that uh, of the Black News Channel that were uh, laid off. Um, it was people that was on the, um, you know, Twitter, whatnot, talking about we had a black news channel. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I tried to tell everybody I knew about that. Where can I find it? It was like, man, you got this is here. If you got that, it's there. Blah, 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 blah. Just follow them on Twitter as well and, you know, find out where the channel is. So we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, real funky landscape uh, since, you know, BET was bought by Viacom. And, um, you know, now for the disappearance of the uh, black news channel to happen. Uh, really leaves a, a void, but we here to fill it partially uh, in terms of those types of things. Again, this is episode 82 of the Digital Gumbo Podcast, the podcast all about news, current events, race, culture, and politics with a lot of laughs in between. We're available on Apple Podcasts and almost all podcast platforms. We want you to download, subscribe, rate, and review today. Download, subscribe, rate, and review today. T. Patty, Drees, hopefully uh, there'll be no slappings up at no uh, other award ceremonies. I mean, damn, what was this, the Source Awards? Um, hopefully there'll be no more slappings up. Well, at, it, uh, it, 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 it might lead to more slaps at work. <laughs> like I <laughs> don't start no bull, won't be no shit. That's all the I place got. violence is at an all time high with 115 incidents reported just this week across the country. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. People ask stupid questions and do stupid things that might get slapped up, and um, that uh, incident uh, might play uh, in a lot of people's heads Act over up, and over and over. Up. Mm. <laughs> okay, city girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you riding with us. Uh, you missed uh, episode 81, the Wild Hickory Nuts episode. Uh, if you want to know the title behind that episode, you have to listen to that. Our full library episodes is available, again, wherever you get your podcast, including your smart devices like Alexa and also uh, the Google Assistant. So we uh, want you to uh, continue to listen to us. And we are now 18 episodes away from our 100th episode. Do not know what we are going to do. It'll probably be sometime this summer, but you better believe it will be something. We started at single digits, got the double digits, and we're about to be at triple digits in a minute. Episode 100 is coming soon on the Digital Gumbo Podcast. I did not mess up at the end of the podcast, and I am talked Ooh. out. I did not sing on this episode. Did I sing on this episode? I didn't, but uh, no. I won't. I, I won't. I'll, I'll stay. I'll save my musical stylings for another day. I'll, I'll dazzle, be dazzle, y'all. So. <laughs> 
I don't know if a grown ass black man should be using the word bedazzle in that way, but I just did and I'm not apologizing for it. So there's that. We won't hold it against you. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, we good? We out? Anything else I left out? Anything else y'all guys want to add before we get out of here? Uh, nah, I'm good. No, I'm good. Covered it all. That's good. That's what we're supposed to do. We emptied the cup. How about that? All right, y'all. We will catch y'all on the, the next episode, episode 83 of the Digital Gumbo Podcast. Remember, it's still called the flu season and allergy season. Continue to mask up and, uh, you know, just continue to look out for each other. Check in on your neighbors, your friends, your loved ones, and uh, call somebody that you ain't called in a long time. And uh, just say hello and tell them that you love them. So uh, that's all I got. We will uh, do this all again next time. Love y'all. And uh, I'll, T. Petty, I won't text until Tuesday. <laughs> you good until Friday afternoon. After that, don't hear from me. I'm going on Do Not Disturb. Gotcha. If I get them crickets, I won't, uh, I won't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. One love. And we are out. Producer E, thank you. Thank you. Can't Thanks, Producer E. You. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. One love and we out, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.